Welcome, welcome to the Pixels and Perspectives podcast. My name's Dan, and I'm going to be your host through this weird journey of self-discovery, as well as talking about games and other things. Now, this first episode is going to be just an initial me just talking as to why I started it, telling you a little bit about myself, and yeah, just laying out things of what's to come, basically. Now, I've had this idea for a little while, just starting a podcast. And I've done podcasts before in the past with my job. And I also had the um, Blue Shield movie cast where me and my friend would talk about movies on occasion. And it was just a good creative outlet. And I feel like I need that again in my life, like currently. Um, so yeah, I decided to do not only a solo podcast, but it's going to be maybe rotating bi-weekly, having guests on, just people who are important to me in my life and just talking about their journeys, like gaming and otherwise. Just, I wanted to use this as like a therapy, quote unquote, in a sense of, I just want to spill my thoughts out there and also tie that into like gaming and because it's like my biggest hobby and it would be boring if it was just me talking about myself and the problems that I've got going on in my life and the good things happening and all that. I just thought a way to talk about games, what I'm playing, what's coming out, news, whatever the case may be. Like I I wanted to tie that in, but also have a personal touch because like my, my wife always says, you don't talk enough, you don't talk enough. So this is my way of projecting myself and starting to talk a bit more. So yeah, let's just start off with who I am and like what I do. So basically, my name's Dan. I'm tw currently 28 years old. I turned 29 in January. And I'm, uh, I've been happily married for four years. I've got a four-year-old daughter named Daisy. Um, well, if you know me, you, you know all this stuff already, but I, I figured I'd just put it out there. And yeah, I work for What Culture, as you may or may not know. I'm a video editor slash content producer slash occasional voiceover person. I, I usually appear on the chatty faces on a Friday. Um, and if I'm not like shitting on Dark Souls and Elden Ring, it's probably talking about Pokemon or... Gears of War. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is my day job. I mainly am a video editor where I edit lists, news, all that good stuff. And I've been doing that for, God, I think it'll be six years in December. So yeah, like that's that's a long time. Six years working for What Culture. And yeah, I, I love the job. I love my colleagues. I just, I love being able to get up every day and just work on things that I'm passionate about. Like I used to do um, the comics side of things, but then when James Douse left, there was a hole in gaming, which I kind of went over and filled. Um, and yeah, like I, I love my job and that not many people can wake up every day and, and say that. So yeah, I've got a four-year-old daughter, Daisy. She is the most important thing in my life. <laughs> well, that and my wife and my Xbox, but shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, and... I'm currently trying to get her into gaming. Um, she just turned four in April and for Christmas, 
believe it or not, she wants a mobile phone, which I have bought for her. I've bought my four-year-old daughter a mobile phone. It's just like a cheap iPhone SE or whatever it was. It was like 150 quid. Anyway, but she's also like banging a Pokemon and that's like, obviously through my influence, she watches the TV show. Um, she's seen me play the games and stuff like that. So I've decided I'm going to get her Let's Go Eevee for the Switch um, because Eevee's one of her favorite Pokemon. And that's going to be like my way of getting her into gaming. Like, I, oh, I can't wait to just play that in co-op with her because it's it's like it's an easy game and you can drop in and out with the the two joy cons and stuff so like i'm i'm totally looking forward to that and i want to get her involved in like just gaming because that is so much of my life i've i've just been gaming like i know a lot of people have the same sort of like process but i think Let's let's go back to when I initially like started gaming. I would have been four or five, and I have told the story on one of the What Culture videos, but that's besides the point. Um, my granddad gave me a demo disc um, for PlayStation One, and my dad had a PlayStation One because he used to play Resident Evil, and yeah, he gave us loads of these demo discs that he used to get out of these PlayStation magazines, and on one of them they had Crash Bandicoot Two and. I played it and played it and played it and loved it. And from there on, I was just hooked. Like, I got a PlayStation 2, an original Xbox. I got a 360. Then from 360, I went to PS4. I did actually have a PS3, like, at one point. I remember playing Resistance Fall of Man. But I was I was always more, like, Xbox-orientated after the PS2. So, yeah, but from 360, I went to PS4 on release. I got a PlayStation 4 on release. Used my own money to buy that console uh, I think I got Call of Duty Ghosts, I'm going to say it was, was the launch title for that. And Need for Speed Rivals, those were my two games um, from PS4. And then from there, I remember Dead Rising 3 was coming out on Xbox. And that's what like pushed me over the edge to get an Xbox One. This was the era of Kinect and the whole Don Matthews TV, TV, TV thing where Xbox was just up in flames. So that's why I decided to like switch my allegiances over to PlayStation at that point. But yeah, I did end up getting an Xbox eventually and played Dead Rising 3. I thought that was an okay game. And yeah, from PS4, about midway through the the console's life cycle, I, I sold my PS4 and I made the switch over to Xbox as my primary console because the big game that got me over there was Gears 4. Like Gears of War is one of my favorite game series of all time. Like I'm just enamored by that whole universe. And yeah, that was the game that made us do the, the big switch over to, to Xbox being my main console again. So then from the Xbox One, I went to the series X which is the latest one. Um, I've got a, I've got a PS5 also, which I didn't get on launch. And yeah, currently, I'd say the biggest game in my life right now is Fortnite. And yeah, <laughs> a lot of people are going to be rolling their eyes at that. But this is a funny story. I played Fortnite like originally when it came out. And I think I played up until season 10. Then I just completely fell off the game. And it would have been over a year ago now. Mr. James Douse got me back into Fortnite and yeah, ever since then it's been Dub City. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, but 
there was a point where all I would post on Twitter is the dubs that me and me and Dallas got, and <laughs> it was a good time. So the the reason why I love Fortnite so much is because it reminds me of those the, those days back in the 360 era where you could just get online with your friends and just play multiplayer, and it was fun and. Fortnite just captures that essence for me. Like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I just love the game. And I think it's so fun. It's not, you don't have to take it too seriously. Like there is a lot of sweat on there and maybe we are those sweats on occasion. But yeah, Fortnite for me, it just, it brings back all those memories of like early multiplayer gaming with the the, the friend group. And I've got about four or five people who used to play for who like we used to play Fortnite together? Like they have came back to it. It was Douse pulling me into it first, and then I've kind of like pulled like my friend Dave and my friend Cray into it. And yeah, like I'm gonna try and get them on the podcast at some point so we can talk about that. But for me, Fortnite is just an incredible game. Like it's got so much content for one, and it's just fun. And I think that's the main thing. Like. Throughout this podcast, I want to talk about like my gaming journey from like being a casual player to then getting like hardcore invested in Gears of War 1's multiplayer, Halo 3's multiplayer, then becoming like a giant like achievement hunter and all that stuff. Like this is the sort of thing I want to talk about. It's just, it's going to be very rambly and I'm going to try and mix in like what's going on in my life and like I want to talk about the history of my personal gaming experience, as well as talking about where I was at that point in time. And yeah, this is just a big outlet for me. And I can't wait to like properly get into it and like have some guests on, maybe some people that I work with and just, yeah, just chat, chat some shit about games. So another thing, what I am currently playing is Spider-Man 2. I got the Super Mega Special Edition thing on release, and it was actually delivered a day early, believe it or not. It was from Sony themselves, so I got I got my 19 inches of Venom. I was so, 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 so hyped for that game, um, and I completed it within 48 hours. Like, the, the story, I was trying to not necessarily rush through it, but I wanted to get through it, get it out of the way, so I could avoid all the spoilers and stuff like that. Like, I did a very good job of doing that like there's not a lot of games where I care about spoilers but this for some reason was one of them because Spider-Man is my second favorite superhero second only to Superman but like I absolutely adored Insomniac Spider-Man and Miles Morales like both those games were incredible so for this one I was actually asked to do the review at work um, like to edit it but I graciously told Scott and he was very like open and like understood why I didn't want to do it. Um, and it was because I didn't want to get it spoiled. So I didn't end up doing the review and I ended up playing Spider-Man on the Thursday before release. And yeah, I just blitzed through it. I've got a lot of thoughts. I've got a lot of thoughts about this game and I don't know whether I go into it now, like in detail or to, to do like a separate episode on Spider-Man, but I'll just sum it. I'll sum it up now. It's, an 8 out of 10 game, but it doesn't take a lot of risks. And one thing that really, really bothered me, I've not seen a lot of people talking about this, is the bugs. Like, I experienced so many bugs while playing this game. Like, I've got a, a folder of videos of bugs. 
if this eventually like come becomes a video, I might even just chuck it up on screen now. But like the amount of bugs that I experienced, it's akin to like something like Jedi Survivor. Like that's how bad it was. But it's the thing is you you hold PlayStation Studios games to a higher standard because everybody does. Everybody rants and raves about PlayStation exclusives. That's why Sony are winning the console wars. Sony are this the the big the big dogs in the console gaming space. So you expect a level of polish and a level of quality from Sony games. And to be honest, Spider-Man 2 didn't really have that. Like the occasional bug is fine, but there was a point in the story where it's this big emotional climax and you, there's a boss fight. I won't spoil it here. But I got stuck out of bounds on the second phase of the boss fight and I literally had to, there was nothing I could do. Like I put the controller down and the, the character was just glitched out. It, Spider-Man was swinging back and forth. He co- I couldn't physically move him. And like this was supposed to be a big emotional beat in the story and I had to just like sit there and just shake my head. This is after playing the game for like six hours straight, nearing the end as well. I had to reload the checkpoint, do the whole thing again. And that kind of thing just takes the sheen off the experience a little bit. And I don't want to sound overly negative about Spider-Man 2 because it it is a great game. It's a great game. Like if you want to just boot it up, swing around the city and just take in the the, the ambience of New York City, like... There's no game that would do that better than Spider-Man 2. Like, it's incredible, especially if you turn the swing assistance down a little bit. Um, so it becomes, like, more physics-based and stuff like that. So I don't want to, like, shit on that game <laughs> a lot because it can sound as, it, as though I'm coming off, like, overly negative about it, which I, I had a positive experience, like, playing the game, and it is an 8 out of 10, which is a very good score. But, yeah, just I expected... Well, I expected a 10 out of 10 game and it wasn't that. So I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I, I think I've got about 23, 24 hours into it currently. Um, I am going to go for the Platinum because I I have the Platinum for both the, the original Spider-Man and Miles Morales. So it, it only makes sense to get the Platinum for Spider-Man 2. Like, and I'm not actively not enjoying the game anymore, but the, there is a lot of things that could have been done better. And yeah, I am going <laughs> to, I've decided this on the spot. I am going to do like a, a singular Spider-Man 2 like podcast with my thoughts and like where I can go like deep dive into the spoilers and talk about the story and stuff like that. But yeah, um, moving on from Spider-Man, like sorry to go off on a, a little bit of a tangent about Spider-Man, but, that, but that, that's what this podcast is going to be. It's going to be me just talking shit, going off on tangents and yeah, just talking about crap. But one thing, actually, I've just bought um, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So this one, I wasn't sure I was going to get. But Mr. Again, mentioning Mr. James Dows, he got it on release and he was like, oh my goodness, this game's incredible. It's it's the best 2D Mario's ever be, you know, or whatever. Uh, I don't want to misquote you there, Dows. But I was a little bit on the fence because <laughs> it's funny, Sonic has just come out and then Mario came out. And I've always been a Sonic person, but Sonic, I think, is like £55, and there's absolutely no way I'm paying that for that game. Like, I, I don't think it's justified. I think that game should have been £35 to £40 max, and yeah, that's that. This is the person who buys a lot of games, 
a lot of bad games as well. Saints Row, I'm looking at you, got that on release. Terrible idea, terrible decision. Anyway, back to Mario. So 2D Mario is, like, I prefer 2D Mario to 3D Mario. And New Super Mario Bros. is, like, one of my favorite Mario games. But I'm not huge into the character. I've I've not actually played um, Odyssey. Like, I want to. But for me, actually, like, I, I want to talk about this. Like, the Switch, I find it very hard to get into playing this console. And I don't know why. Like, because you can do it handheld. The reason I got my Switch was to play Pokemon. And, like, that's what I do every year. I get the Pokemon games and, yeah. But I've never, like, I haven't owned Mario Kart. I've not owned, like, Odyssey. I've not played Breath of the Wild. Like, something about just sitting down and playing on the Switch, like, in front of the TV or whatever. It doesn't, I don't know why it doesn't appeal to me, but I'm I'm trying to change that. Like, there's a lot of stuff I do want to play, and hopefully I can do that and then come back here and talk about it. Like, maybe that this is my excuse to to play some stuff that I've not played and... Yeah, like, I'm trying to jump out of my comfort zone with this a little bit, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Another tangent. Anyway, back to Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So, yeah, I've just bought that off Amazon. It was £41, which, for a brand new game, is pretty damn incredible, if you ask me. So, that's coming tomorrow, and I'm hoping, like, I can get into that. But other than that... I I, I did start Dark Tide. Me, Dave, and um, Ads started it. Those are two names that you'll probably hear throughout this podcast, and hopefully I can have them on. But yeah, we started Dark Tide. I remember originally we played the beta, like, I'm sure it was last year at this point. God knows. Like, time's just a thing at this point. But yeah, we played the the beta on PC, and it was fine, but it was a little bit buggy. Uh, It wasn't great. Um, And eventually they've just released it on Xbox, and it was on Game Pass, so we thought, screw it, let's let's give it a go. And yeah, there's, there's a certain way you have to play that game in order to be successful in the missions. And I think it's a tad bit difficult for people who just want to go on and shoot the shit. It's very like melee focused and I don't think the game does a very good job of balancing that. Maybe it gets better as you level up, but... One thing that really, really pissed me off about that game when we were playing it um, was we got... The missions are really long for a start. And we got, say, 25 minutes into this mission. Like, we were just battling our way through. By the skin of our teeth, we're making it to the end. And one person got down, then another person got down. There's, it's two two people alive. And then the other person quit, so there's a bot left. And... We eventually got overwhelmed by these big enemies that are like massive bullet sponges. And you basically get, if you if you all die, that's it. You get kicked back to the main menu and yeah, you lose that 25 to 30 minutes of progress. And that is really, really like deflating. That, that was the last time we actually played that game. And it was about a week ago at this point because... Yeah, doing all that work and just pushing through and not getting anything for it. I think you get a little bit of XP, but it's it's like nothing compared to if you were to actually finish the mission. It's really deflating. And I think that's that killed the momentum of that game for us because why would we want to spend time doing stuff? Maybe we'd fuck up and then, yeah, that's it. That's it all gone. It's like it kind of it kills the vibe of the grind and it also takes a sting out of it a little bit you should be able to continue from a checkpoint say 
I remember, I think Left 4 Dead, you had three lives if you were on the normal difficulty, like three chances to replay it and do it again. Like there should be, there should be checkpoints because the levels are so long. But to just kick you back to the main menu, back to the, the like hub world thing, I think is daft because you've invested a lot of time into it. And it's just as people, as adults who don't get a huge amount of time to game, like this is another topic I want to get onto. But as adults who don't get a huge amount of time to game, do, running through a level for 30 minutes and then dying and getting nothing out of it is really like just, oh, it just burst your bubble a bit. So yeah, Dark Tides went on the back burner a little bit. Um, and I'm trying to think what else I'm currently playing. I think it, it was all just Spider-Man. Like that that was a, the, the big thing. Um, I can actually, I downloaded Sea of Stars. I've not started that yet, but yeah, that's, that's another game I want to get to. <laughs> and speaking of stars, actually, the, <laughs> I don't know how I forgot this, but Starfield, Starfield was the, the next big Xbox exclusive. And yeah, I've put about 25 hours into this game and I really, really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's Fallout in space and that's exactly what I wanted I know a lot of people are a little bit upset that you can't like jump in a, a ship and then fly off into the space and then fly directly onto another planet. It's all like kind of through menus and stuff. And I can see why that would bug people because it takes away from the exploration aspect. But yeah, I, I, to be honest, I need to do another episode like solely on Starfield because I've got a lot of thoughts about that game. Has it saved Xbox? Maybe, maybe. Like I, I'm enjoying it. I've not finished the story yet. I've got way too like distracted with side content <laughs> and yeah it's just it's one of those games that's huge and you need to have a lot of time to invest into it but yeah Starfield I'd say is another 8 out of 10 game and yeah other than that I think this year currently my game of the year is it has to be Resident Evil 4 remake like to me, that's a 10 out of 10 game. Um, recently, they released the the Separate Ways DLC. And yeah, I, I played through that. Like at the same time I was playing Starfield, I kind of got a little bit distracted between the two. And then I ended up wanting to go for the RPD outfit because the, why this wasn't in the game at release, I'll never know. But they finally released the RPD outfit for Leon for the campaign. And all it took was doing all of the mercenaries, getting S plus in all the stages. And that was a big whole adventure, which I kind of just like paced myself. I did a, a few missions a day. I'd say Lewis is the worst character because he's so slow. The Red Nine sucks in this version of the game and the bolt action rifle also sucks. But I did manage to to do that and I got the, the RPD outfit unlocked. And then I've been meaning to play through the, the campaign again but I do have all the, I've got all the achievements on the game. So it's kind of, I think I've played it about seven or eight times all the way through. So it's kind of one of those things where I played it all at once. And like, I didn't get burnt out on it, but I was satisfied with how much time I got out of that game. And with the original Resident Evil 4 being my favorite game ever, like it's the, the best game ever made in my opinion, it had a lot to live up to and I really enjoyed the remake. And when Separate Ways came out, I did actually put Leon in the RPD uniform. So I did get to see him in that campaign 
with the uniform on. But yeah, that's it's on my list to go and replay. But yeah, other than that, I don't believe I'm playing anything else at the minute apart from this little quest that I am going on, which I am going to talk about more in the next solo episode. As as a little teaser, I've started collecting Xbox 360 games again, and that that's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole podcast for that alone because the nostalgia's hitting. Um, and what is it now? 2023. The Xbox 360 came out in 2005. It's very close to becoming a retro console, and with the store shutting down next year. I decided this was the time, this is when I'm going to uh, rebuild my physical game collection on 360 because, yeah, that's my favorite console of all time. So I just thought, you know what, screw it. Like, I like collecting things and some may say I've got an addictive personality. Um, I'm looking at you, Sarah, my wife. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I'm a collector and I like collecting things. And I've always been more... Well, recently, the the last, say, 10 years, I've always leaned more towards digital games and digital collections because it's just easier and I'm all for an easy life these days. So, <laughs> like, I, I just want my life to be as simple as possible and I just want to, you know, take take things where I can get them. So having a digital collection, it doesn't take up space. It doesn't... You can just d- delete games and then re-download them and stuff. So yeah, digital. You don't you don't have to physically put the disc in and pull it out again because I'm really lazy and I don't want to do that. But I just think that it's something like something hits different about these older consoles and having physical versions of them. Like if I could afford to get a PS1 collection, I would. But like those games are so expensive. Let's just let's start with 360 and go from there because. Funnily enough, I had a 360. I, I bought an Xbox 360A last year. Um, I completely forgot that console had come out, to be fair, with the intention of playing Guitar Hero and Rock Band again. So I went out, I bought the, the console. I got it for £30, which was an incredible deal, off Gumtree. Uh, not sponsored by Gumtree, <laughs> not sponsored by anyone. But if anyone does want to sponsor, go on. <laughs> so... Yeah, I went out, bought a 360E. I bought a load of Guitar Hero games, like Guitar Hero 2, 3, 4, World Tour, well, the same game, 5, Rock Band 1, 2, 3, Lego Rock Band, Rock Band The Beatles, all that. I bought the instruments, which are very, very expensive these days. The drums, the microphone, I had two guitars. And yeah, I played through Rock Band 1 on Expert, managed to beat Greengrass and High Tides, which was... A personal achievement, like with my old 28-year-old hands, uh, I don't have the dexterity that I used to back when I was 14, 15. I managed to get through that. I, I beat World Tour. I beat Warriors of Rock. I was getting through Guitar Hero 3, and that sort of phase kind of just like fizzled out a little bit. And the next thing that I, I went on to was the Nintendo DS, because there was that whole thing about the eShop closing. Um, so I'll get on to that. But yeah, so I, I decided to get rid of my Xbox 360 and like the all the rock band Guitar Hero peripherals and the games. 
So I ended up selling it all for quite cheap in like relative terms of how much these games go for now. And I, I sold my 360 to my uncle, Adam, who, again, you probably hear him. I, I want to try and get him on for the second episode, so hopefully he's up for that. But yeah, I sold him my Xbox 360e. I took a lot of games back to CEX and stuff like that. And yeah, I really regret doing that because now I'm collecting again <laughs> and I've got to go and buy all that stuff again. But yeah, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. So actually yesterday I went and bought Guitar Hero 5. It was a guitar bundle thing. It was £50 from CEX and I traded Pokemon White and Pokemon Legends Arceus in. And I had £6 left over, which I got a couple 360 games from that. So yeah, from, from that initial Xbox 360e phase, I went over to the DS because I decided that I wanted to collect the physical Pokemon games. And oh my god, you might have seen the chatty face on What Culture where I talked about this. Heart Gold alone was £98. £98 for this, this game. And I, I started it. Like, between you and me, I started it and I got to, like, the second gym in it. And yeah, but it it's there physically. I've got, I bought three Nintendo DSs. I got a 2DS, which is like the flat one. I got a 3DS XL and a DS Lite. And yeah, I've, I kind of went through like a hardcore Pokemon phase where I, I bought loads of merch, loads of stuff like that. <laughs> I actually got a, um, a life-size Squirtle, which costs like £90. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I do these things. I just do. I get something in my head and... When I'm browsing eBay at like 2am, forget about it like Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I I got through Pokemon White. That was the first game I played. I started off wanting to Nuzlocke it, but I wasn't having fun with it. So I decided to just play it normally and yeah, got, got the legendaries, beat the post game. Did some experimenting with the transferring Pokemon between Gen 4 and 5 because my initial goal was that I wanted to complete the Pokedex in... Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Home so I'd have duplicates in each version of the system but like one's on Nintendo Switch the other one's on 3DS but my my goal there was to have each Pokemon specific to that region caught in that region so if you look on uh, on the description of a Pokemon on Pokemon Home you can see which region it was caught in so if it was caught in Hoenn Gen 3 it would say that, say it's a Torchic, it would say that there on the little description. So I wanted to have all Gen 1 Pokemon caught in Gen 1, all Gen 2 Pokemon caught in Gen 2, and so on and so forth. And yeah, I started that. I started Omega Ruby at the same time, because that's my favorite Pokemon game. That I am Nuzlocking, it's currently still ongoing. But that whole phase, it kind of got a little bit daunting, because I, I had started three or four separate Pokemon games like I started Ultra Moon as well and it was just I think I went about that the wrong way I should have played one at a time and going forward that's what I'm going to do because I've still got most of the games there and I've still got the DS there and stuff like that and I did manage to download a few things before the eShop shut down which is good and um, that was the the eShop closing is what initially pushed me to do that because over the years I've Bought DSs, bought Pokemon games, sold DSs, sold Pokemon games. I've I've never been one to like have sentimental value in terms of like physical things. So 
what usually happens is like the next, like say the PS4 was coming out, I'd sell my DS, get like a hundred quid and put it towards that, which is what I think I did originally. But then say six months later, the new Pokemon comes out, I'd have to buy the DS again, buy the new Pokemon again. And I, I never like held on to any of that stuff. And even like growing up as a child, like having my original Xbox, having my PS2 and all that stuff, like it's always been passed down to other people or sold off, which... The thing is, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't regret things, but now seeing the price of all these things, it's like, oh God, I should have just held on to that. But anyway, that's besides the point. There's, I'm trying to broaden my gaming like horizons because I've kind of got into this rut of just playing the Series X and like as much as I love that, it's like I want to go back and relive some of that nostalgia, like, right? Like nostalgia is a huge driving factor in like everything that a lot of like people like me do so just having like having things from my past like for for example this 360 collection that I'm starting I'm going into CEX I'm spending six seven pound coming up with four or five games that like Halo 3 which was one pound fifty Gears of War 1 Bioshock Borderlands just these these games that I, I played when I was younger in my teens it's just how could how could it not put a smile on your face? Like it makes us so happy and it might sound corny and nerdy and whatever, but yeah, like just going into the shop, physically looking at the games, sometimes it makes you cringe because of the condition of some of these games. Oh my goodness. Like actually there was I'm trying to remember what it was yesterday that I was looking at. But it was I've got a big list of 360 games that I want to get and there was one copy of this game. I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, it's it's gone now, but it might come back to us. I, I found this game. It's quite a rare, hard to find game. And I picked it up and like, it looked okay from the front. You turn it around and there's this big like coffee stain thing on the actual like slip cover of the game. And the bottom of the case is all cracked and stuff. And it's like, oh no. How, one, why are CX taking games in that condition? And two, who treats their games like that? And it, it just sucks. Like, this is the issue with buying older games online as well, actually. Like, I've had, I've bought NBA 2K, no, NBA Live 06 last week. It was from Music Magpie because they had, like, a deal on. You could get four Xbox 360 games for £5. I was like, this was when I was get, just getting into it. I was like, yeah, four, four games for five, huh? I'll do that. And, like, three of the four games that got delivered had smashed up cases, scratches all over the discs, and... This NBA Live 06 literally had a part, the, the middle part of the disc, which is like a, a transparent plastic material, was like cracked and it had a chunk missing out of it. And I'm thinking, yeah, this game might have only been like £1.50, £2, but still, like, how can they sell that? It's not even worth returning it either because the postage to return it would be more than what the game's actually worth. And it, it's, I was just sad because I wanted that game and I got it, but it turned up in a, an unplayable state. Um... And the, the 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 happy ending of that story is I then went on eBay and paid three pound and got a decent well decent enough version of that game that runs and plays. But funnily enough, the the case that that game came in was also smashed. So I used the case from the Music Magpie thing, and that's the whole thing. I, I need to like bulk buy some three sixty cases. I think for when games come and the cases are smashed, like because I'm very like. I'm not, I don't need the games to be in like incredible condition, but I'd like to have things that are in good enough nick, like, you know what I mean? 
but yeah, like that's, I think that's going to probably round it off for this week. Um, I know it's been very, very rambly and just, it's just me testing the waters. Like this is something I enjoy doing, just talking, just talking about games and stuff. And then some episodes are going to be more like life focused. Like that's the whole point of the name. Um, pixels and perspectives. I want to try and get people in with different perspectives on life, on gaming and all sorts of things like that. So for these, this last segment, I want to do this with the guests and it was me and me and the boys were watching the Newcastle match the other night, the football, and this question came up and it was, if you were stranded on a desert island with power, but with no way of getting off the island, like it's it's a, a fictional scenario in your head, you've got to like, you know, <laughs> suspend disbelief a little bit, but if there was three games you could take, what would those three games be? And there was a lot of like discussion and all that sort of thing about which games you bring. You'd have to get have like endless replayability, multiplayer even. And I think for mine, it would be the original Resident Evil 4. I'm going to say Fortnite because that game seems like it's going to go on forever and I have so much fun playing it. And I'm going to say Halo, the Master Chief Collection, because again, like you've got four games in there. This may be cheating, but it's technically one game. You've got four four games in there, five if you include ODST. Uh, is Reach in there too? Well, actually, yeah. Re- I think Reach is playable now. So you've got six games in there. So I just think like all the content that's available there, you've got all the, the campaign stuff, all the multiplayer stuff, the Forge stuff. I feel like that would be a game where you could spend a lot of time playing. And if you are stranded on a desert island, you could jump between campaign and multiplayer and stuff like that. I feel like that game has like endless replayability. So yeah, that would be my three picks. And I'm hoping to end the show off every week with that. If there's a guest on, I want to ask them about their choices and like the philosophy behind their choices and stuff like that. So yeah, well, I hope you enjoyed like my ramblings um, and I hope you can tune in to the next ones and stuff like that and if there's any feedback you can follow me on twitter it's at dan j durkin um it's, it's x now isn't it i refuse to say x but yeah if any any like topics or things like that that you'd you'd like to for me to discuss then i'm, I'm definitely open to to that and yeah I don't, I don't really know how to end this this is it's it's all a process you see it's going to come as this podcast evolves anyway thanks for listening and i hope to catch you in the next one Bye.